0: Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio
1: experience. Hello, guys. Welcome. Welcome to our show. Today, we discuss about Facebook ads, how you can get results, sales, and how you can become manager on Facebook ads. I'm so excited to discuss this topic with Jody Milward. How are you?
0: I'm great. Thanks, Anatoly. Thank you for having me here. It's a topic that I certainly love to talk about. So looking forward to digging into it.
1: Yeah, I love this topic as well uh, because I know it's important to use multi-channel approach. In most cases, I get results with SEO, but I can't ignore many other channels, including Google ads, Facebook ads. And Jody, can you tell before we start, about your experience background uh, and why you pay so much attention to Facebook.
0: Yeah, okay. Well, great question. Because I mean, there's so many platforms, so many options, and so many possibilities out there, right, for our digital marketing and to get traffic. For me, it came back to when I first sort of fell into this world of like online marketing, I was um, doing white labeling, dropship, white labeling of a weight loss product, and we needed to get traffic. So that's when I started to explore Facebook. And then I could see the possibilities that it gave not only business owners, but people like me, um, who became a service provider running ads for clients, the opportunity to grow businesses. And it was such, uh, and still is, such an advanced platform where you could specifically target people with certain interests or certain locations where they're living, um, target um, look like audiences as well. So, uploading People who have purchased and then retargeting, and again the retargeting, just to be able to continue to get in front of people because that's not something you can do with uh, newspapers and radios, and even with Google has its limitations with that if people are on like different devices. So Facebook was just such a powerful platform, still is such a plow- powerful platform, and there are so many things that uh, go on with Facebook that constant changes that it really is like a full-time job on its own, just managing Facebook and Instagram ads.
1: Mm -hmm. Nice. Love it. Love it. Okay. Let's talk about weight loss. You mentioned about weight loss. (laughs) Uh, And I'm interested about uh, how to set up weight loss campaigns on Facebook, because, you know, Mm. uh, people on Facebook have different mindset. They're not ready to buy. But they are ready to get solutions. So uh, if we share solutions, we can sell products as well. So can you tell how to change mindset for someone who opens uh, Facebook like me? For example, if I open Facebook, my goal to uh, see my friends, to know what's going on in the world, but I'm not ready to buy. I have different mindset. So any insights how to create the right marketing campaigns to change this mindset?
0: Great. Okay, so there's a couple of options with that. Yes, Facebook is disruptive marketing. Like you said, you're on there to connect with your friends and family, see what's going on with those people near and dear to you. Um, Facebook ads come in and they're interrupting that. So we need to provide a great user experience and that's what Facebook wants as well because it wants people to stay on the platform and provide them with a great user experience. So that's why it needs to make sure that the ads that it's putting out provide that. So there's a couple of ways to do it. There is always going to be a certain part of the audience who are solution aware. That is that they've progressed along a customer journey. Maybe they've seen your competitors' ads, and that's introduced them to the idea that, oh, I've got a problem. And then they start looking for a solution. So you can capture that like 1% of the audience um, that is actually going to click on your ad at the right time with a conversion campaign, for example, and get them to either purchase if it's the right price point. I mean, there's so many strategies with that, or it could even be just to get them to opt in for something. So you're offering them something of value. It's a lead magnet of some sort where they want that information. So you get people over onto your list, continue on with email marketing and then retargeting ads. But then there's also a strategy, which I love, is like warming up the audience and getting in front of them with some brand awareness, You see, when Facebook ads came along, people seemed to forget about the importance of brand awareness. They just went, right, I want results and I want results now. Money in, money out. But it's such a valuable thing to build up a warm audience, customer loyalty, educate your audience, and then it's an easier sell. So I'd love to also include include a couple of campaigns that educate my audience, uh, establishes authority and awareness, and builds affinity. With them as well so that they can continue to see our content in the newsfeed, be educated, know that this is the one that um, can actually help me with this and therefore they end up buying and it can be an easier sell because they've already been doing the warming up in the newsfeed. So that's a couple of ways. One, tapping into those people who are ready to buy straight away. You've put something in the newsfeed that's a great hook that's enticing them over or you're just putting in content that's educating and informing them, progressing them along that customer journey from where they're not solution-aware, maybe not even problem-aware, but you're highlighting your expertise and educating them, getting ready to show them that you're the one that can help them.
1: Yeah, valuable, valuable. You know, um, I'm interested why you your choice is Facebook, not Google, not LinkedIn, not Twitter, not YouTube, many great channels we have today. What Mark Zuckerberg did to catch your attention and help Facebook users?
0: Yeah, well, I guess Facebook was just the platform that I was attracted to, right? That's where my friends were, that's where people were hanging out. And really I have not gotten into Pinterest too much other than when I was doing some home renovations. And um, and I just found that this was the platform where I hung out. So uh, for me then it was like, okay, well, let me see what's going on here. And like I said, There is so much to know about Facebook. Things are constantly changing. Like there's what you see in the front end in the news feed as you're scrolling through, but then in the back end when you actually have a business, there's business manager and there's all the settings and everything that goes with that. And then we have reels and now incorporating reels into our ads and the limitations, right? So if you've created a great reel and it's got music on it or it's got some um, animations and things, You can't pull that into an ad, right? So it's being aware and knowing all these little bits and pieces that keeps me very busy indeed as an ad manager.
1: Nice, nice. By the way, about Reels, uh, I found that Reels can get uh, organic reach on Facebook Uh, uh, because probably uh, I can assume that uh, Facebook doesn't have enough uh, short videos to catch attention. So you can kill two birds with one stone to uh, market on uh, paid ads and to get organic reach as well. So can you tell how to film some reels that will provide these results? I mean, like uh, to get attention from users and uh, yeah, we'll sell products in the end.
0: Yeah, sure. So a great way to test is actually, you know, create the reel itself with the intention of, can I eventually use this as an ad? So when you do that, you want to make sure that, first of all, and this is what I always tell people, go over and look at the Facebook ad terms and policies so that you make sure you're creating something that's compliant for an ad because you'd hate to create a great reel and it's great if it can go organic and go viral. Um, It's great if you could do that, but then if you can amplify that even further with ads, then that's awesome. So you want to make sure that you're creating things that can be used as an ad as much as possible. So then you've created your reel, you've got a bit of traction and some engagement on there, then you go, great, I'm gonna pull this over into an ad campaign and amplify these results even further, target the audiences that I particularly want it to go to. That could be people who haven't engaged with your page, been to your website, uh, on your email list, you know those warm audiences, or you could also send it out to cold traffic, um, those people that haven't engaged with you before and see how it performs over there. Now, while it's great to put a reel out there, see if it gets um, some organic reach and go viral and gives you that proof that it's like, okay, people are engaging with that. That doesn't necessarily have to be the case because there's times, you know, you might create great content but it's just you just haven't got the favor of the algorithm, so it's just not getting out there. So if you, even if that is the case, you can just put a dollar or two dollars a day behind that reel just for a couple of days to see if it does push you out to the audience and then what the engagement is like. So you can test it for just a few dollars. So again, that's the great thing with Facebook ads—you don't need these big complex um, budgets and production things. You can very easy, very with organic content like the selfies and things like that, and just push push it out there, test it, see if it gets some traction, get the data back, and then make your next decisions.
1: Nice, nice. Okay, let's talk about catchy headline. Uh, For example, you know, uh, yeah, we touched a topic about weight loss. Uh, For example, I often see keywords like how to lose weight. I mean, like how to lose 10 kilograms for a month, How to lose uh, 20 kilograms for two weeks, yeah. And now, name them so. uh, Can you tell uh, how it's important to be honest, you know, in your uh, headline? Because I see a lot of headlines with something like like this that you can, you know, to lose a lot of weight uh, for short time but uh, in reality you can't Uh, so uh, uh, I I think I understand marketers why they write such headlines because users are looking for simple solutions they want to get it but in the end we need to be honest to uh, transparent Uh, so uh, do you think it's a good idea to catch attention With headline like this, but explain in your uh, context uh, in the landing page that uh, we have much better way and you need to be patient with that.
0: Uh, yeah and like we see those ads we see headlines like that but they're actually not compliant with Facebook ads so they'll get disapproved you know some slip through eventually and then they get Mm -hmm. disapproved and your whole ad account can be shut down and I mean those kind of headlines are great clickbait right you're going to get people that are clicking but we actually want people who are then going to be opting in so we don't want it to be over sensationalized that's actually something that I would identify as a bottleneck if you have a lot of people clicking on your ad, and then they don't opt in. One of the things I will look at yeah. would be like the ad copy content headline to say, is this a bit too clickbaity? So you're getting people to just randomly click on it. And then they're not going to be bothered to um, opt in because it's had some really been substantiated there. So yes, you need to have a great hook in your headline. That's so important these days. Even if you've got amazing targeting, you know exactly your audience, you need to have a strong hook that's gonna capture the words of your ideal audience. So, you know, so if you're doing a webinar, then typically a a very boring and uninteresting hook would be, you know, free masterclass this week, right? That's not gonna engage people. That's not gonna make them go, oh yes, I wanna go to a free masterclass this week. You want to use words that are going to um, capture the audience where they're at. So there are some headline frameworks, right, where you can use numbers, three steps to X, Y, Z, or it could be like urgency, like um, sale closes in three days or something like that. So there are headline frameworks which you can follow. Um, Studies have shown like five-word headlines tend to get pretty good click-through rates. So if you can combine a five-word headline with um, a three keys, two, or some number in there, or if it's something that's ending soon or a special offer, then, you know, you've got a bit of a winning combination there. One of the things that I also like to look at is, like, what my actual audience is saying. So I want to incorporate as many words as possible verbatim that they have actually said into my copy, my headline, into the ad. So that as they read it, they go, that's exactly what I've been thinking. How does she know? Like it could be like I just read something the other day where, you know, it's the, the big R word with the recession. Interest rates are going up people can't so i was reading an email and this person was saying i've had to cancel the kids swimming lessons I can't go to birthday parties and you know something else so all of these ramifications have had to get night jobs and all the rest of it so that may you know that caught my eye and going wow this is you know this would be powerful to put in our ads or in our copy so it could be a headline you know so like for a business opportunity like learn to be an ad manager it could be like um get the kids going at swimming lessons again or something like that. You know, you know, four weeks till the kids can start swimming lessons again but something with five words. So that would capture the eyes of, you know, the, the family that's now struggling because their interest rates have gone up and they've had to spend an extra $200 a month so they've had to cancel swimming lessons. It's breaking their heart. That would capture their um, attention
1: hmm nice, nice, yeah, valuable. Okay, uh, you know, uh, 10 years ago, uh, when I started my Facebook campaigns, uh, I usually paid uh, 5, 10 cents per click, not a lot. Uh, and that's why I use generic methods. I didn't spend so much time to learn my buying persona, uh, to consider uh, personalization, because cost per click, was uh, low today i need to pay like five ten dollars uh, a hundred times more and i wow. can't use the same methods that i used 10 years ago can you tell how to create a buying persona today because in marketing uh, we have this quote like if you sell to anyone you sell to no one and it's important okay. to know your buying persona any insights how to do it
0: Yeah okay so I would generally because with any of us with the markets that we're serving you will probably find it's not just one avatar or persona that you're promoting to there's two or three in there right so you might talk to like for me I promote to women mostly okay so they can learn to run Facebook ads so there could be um ladies who have young children ladies whose children are going off to university and maybe even some that don't even have children so I would talk to those ones all in a different way so when you actually are looking at like okay who am I talking to and who am I crafting this ad for um I actually say there's like A way that you can test all three of those at once so if you were to use like a lead form campaign where you're keeping people on Facebook you don't need to create a landing page or if you've got a blog post that would be relevant to any of these three you could do a traffic campaign that's optimized for landing page views always make sure you optimize your traffic campaigns for landing pages they default to link clicks and that's just a waste so if you've got a blog and you've got these three avatars or personas, then write an ad for each one of those, one that's talking to that mum with the little kids, one that's talking to the lady with the grown-up, you know, going to the empty nest, and one that's never had kids. Write an ad specifically for each of those and say the audience might be, let's see, let's see, well, you can't target Tony Robbins anymore, but I'll just use him as an example because a lot of people know him. So if you've got targeting Tony Robbins for avatar one, avatar two, and avatar three, all different copy and messaging, different hooks there. Get the data back. See who is clicking on those ads, who's engaging with them the most. You might find it might be the mum who's, you know, at the empty nest stage. They're the ones that's clicking on the ads. Then I would say, great, let's focus on this avatar first of all, focus our copy on this, find some additional audiences, create that landing page to get them to opt in. So again, you've got a landing page that is talking to them so that once they've clicked on the ad and they actually land over on the landing page, it's consistent. So we're not going to lose them. There's a higher chance that they're going to opt in then. So do a test, look at your different personas, do that work. We're looking at what are their pain points, right? Well, um, what are those things that's keeping them up at night? You know, that bleeding neck thing, What are those things that are in their head? Go over to Amazon, look at book reviews, see what they're saying in these book reviews that your audience would be reading, and actually find those words if you haven't been talking to people yourself and you don't know what they're saying. So uh, identify those avatars, those pain points. What is it that they're wanting? What are they wanting to achieve? So instead of, for example, okay, I'll talk about the um, mum with the little kids. Instead of just doing, um, dropping them at daycare, rushing off to work picking them up from daycare shoveling food you know getting dinner ready shoveling food down their mouth doing some homework going to bed exhausted and then just doing the same thing day after day after day wouldn't it be great to actually design a lifestyle that revolved around what you wanted to do rather than what had to be done so what would the benefits be that they felt more relaxed at night, that they actually enjoyed time with their kids, they were able to pick them up from school and have quality time going for ice creams in the afternoon. So looking at the benefits, what is it that they actually want? And then introducing them to your offer, your service as the solution to help them get there.
1: Mm-hmm. nice uh, you mentioned about pain points uh, can you provide more details how to learn these pain points because I often see when marketer style you need to know pain points and decide these pain points uh, for your customers till you give more details how to find them
0: yeah talk to your people. (laughs) Um, That's one of the easiest ways. If you do sales calls, have those sales calls recorded. Um, Zoom does that very easily and get a transcript of the sales calls so that you've got it all printed out. You or a team member can just scan through it and go, right, this is what they said here, that they've been walking around with a question mark over their head, thinking that there must be a better way. Um, So, have conversations get on 15 minute calls with people to find out um, what's going on for them why they may be signed up for your offer or what's stopping them from xyz Um, if they've come on board as a client do a a call with them then okay and say why did you join find out so have surveys survey your audience just create a google form and have that sent out to people Um, so talking to your ideal audience is going to be the fastest way that you can get there okay and that's how you're going to find out and the next way like I said you can go to Amazon look at books that your ideal audience is reading go through the reviews what are people saying why did they buy this book what was the pain points that they were trying to solve with the book also you can look at Facebook um, the Facebook ad library Look what your competitors are doing, especially if they're a bigger competitor, right? Because then they have quite likely, they've done the audience research. They've um, hired a copywriter. And so they know if they're targeting the same audience you are, they probably know their pain points. Now, when we do that, we are not plagiarizing. We are not going to just copy and paste. You're just going to be there doing your research. Okay, you're using it as a point to go, oh, okay, so this is what they're talking about and you create your own (laughs) marketing from there. But that's a couple of places or ways that you can actually tap into the mind of your persona, your ideal audience, and find out what is their pain points. I was talking to someone the other day, Mara Glazer. She's like uh, the daughter of um, Bill Glazer from Glazer Kennedy. So copywriting pros, I called her, she was in the uh, marketing mafia family. And she was saying um, about An audience that she was actually going to target and here she is with years of copywriting experience and she thought right everyone wants to have a seven-figure business and whatever and so that was going to be the hook but she sent out a survey and the information actually came back very different so had she have just gone off with what she assumed everybody wanted that marketing campaign would have flopped so it's doing that research asking your audience that's going to again set you up for success
1: Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Brilliant. I agree with that. Uh, Yeah. It takes time to learn audience, you know, to understand their pain points. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, when you explain about that, uh, I got the feeling that the era of lazy marketers is that, you know, (laughs) because, you know, uh, many years ago, uh, many uh, websites usually analyze competitors and uh, and provide it the same. But, uh, by the way, let's talk about competition. You mentioned that you can mm-hmm. uh, learn them from uh, Facebook library. And what I see, uh, when companies uh, analyze on Facebook library, their competitors and do the same. No, I mean, like, uh, to create the same uh, campaigns, uh, uh, the same, I don't know, uh, marketing message, but competitors... Uh might have different uh unique selling proposition, different strong sides. Can you tell how to learn from competitors, but consider your unique selling proposition and strong side? Yeah.
0: Yeah, great. I'm so glad that you mentioned this because uh as we go and we do our competitor research, you can end up going down rabbit holes right and you can go wow this person must really be crushing it because they've got all these ads and they've been running for this long and they're going to a webinar so I need to create a webinar but with all of it right when we do that research we only see that tip of the iceberg and we really don't know what's going on what's the numbers underneath how are they really getting sales so we need to always keep that in mind so, just as you do your research, don't end up throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Keep in mind what your business model is, what your goals are, but just have a look and just cherry pick this these pieces of information from all these different sources, and then bring it back to your USP. What's your unique selling proposition? Ideally, you've whatever your product offer or service is you've had some sales of it already, right? You've sold it organically, maybe before you've gone and launched Facebook ads. So you know that it's viable. And then it's always just a matter of like, talking to your audience, people who have purchased your product, asking them for feedback on it and finding out directly from your people, how you can make your product offer or service even better.
1: Mm -hmm. Nice. Okay. Uh, Let's talk about testing. You know, for example, in organic reach, if I test new approaches, I usually don't uh, lose money because uh, I just post and check out if it works or not. Okay, if it doesn't work, I can find something else to test more. But on paid marketing, uh, I can't save money because uh, I need to <laughs> spend this money uh, to provide experiments. Can you tell how to do it right? Uh, I mean, like how to uh, to minimize the risk of losing money and find the right approach
0: oh gosh okay so this is tricky because we can test in different ways okay so typically if you want someone to opt in for something or purchase something we or apply for something we're going to use a conversion campaign that's optimized for that event, for someone to opt in or purchase or apply. Okay. Those conversion campaigns are our most expensive ones. They're the ones everyone's going for. That's that like 1% who are going to click on our ads and then that 2% of those guys who may buy. So everyone's going for that. It's highly competitive. We can test other ways. Like I said, we can do a traffic campaign, optimise landing page views to initially see if people are going to click and come over. We can use an engagement campaign. Okay, so that same ad that's in our conversion campaign, you can create it there, but then you can actually pull it into an engagement campaign, set it out there, much cheaper CPM, cost to reach a 1,000 people. So you can at least test, is it getting any engagement? However, they're very different um, audiences that Facebook's sending it to. When you do a conversion campaign, Facebook will send it to people who are likely to convert. When you do a traffic campaign, Facebook will send it to people who are likely to you know go over to your landing page when you do an engagement campaign Facebook's going to send it to people who are likely to engage so if it works as a traffic campaign then that's good that's good initial data or as an engagement campaign that's good but there's no guarantees it's going to work as an engagement campaign even if you launch an ad as an engagement campaign you target an audience you go this is going great there is no guarantee that ad will work with another audience or that that ad will even work in a week, right? Again, that's what keeps us so busy on Facebook. Everything's constantly changing. Something that's worked a week ago may not work in two weeks time. So I typically also say there's that 80-20 rule, right? About 80% of your ads actually won't work, but the 20% that do are the ones that hit gold, so we do have to do a lot of testing. So we need to get out of the mindset of like we're just wasting money. We need to look at we're investing in getting data to finding out what's working and what's not working. Is it the ad that's not working? Is it the landing page that's not working? Is it the webinar that's not working? Is it the offer that's not working? So that we can actually um, invest in getting traffic there sooner, faster. So we could, you know, spend $20, $50, $100 a day get some traffic there, get the data and go, right, okay, we've had hundred visits to the page. We've only had three people opt in for this free lead magnet. Something's wrong here. Is it the funnel's broken? Is it messaging on that page is completely off? People liked the ad, but they didn't like the page. So we're investing in getting the data there quicker. So to minimise the risk, then, okay, you look at how much you can actually afford to spend maybe it's only $100, then, okay, do $20 a day to see if people are clicking on the ad, getting that data through initially, let it run for five days, you spent $100, um, and then look at what the data tells you at the end of that week. So it's having that testing mindset and that, you know, we're investing in getting data.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, love it, love it. Okay, Uh, I'm interested about a hot topic, AI. And today, if mm-hmm. I open chat GPT or any other AI tool, I can uh, ask, please write me uh, Facebook ads, you know, uh, according to these keywords, uh, to this fine persona, and this tool can, you know, uh, very fast. But can you tell how we can rely to uh, such generation content uh, and uh, do you use? AI today to create your uh, Facebook message or anything else like that?
0: Yeah, I have been playing around with it, of course, obviously. And um, as you know, it's as good as the information that you put into it. And then you keep asking the questions and refine things. I did an interesting test the other week. Um, I saw Ryan Reynolds did a YouTube video and Mm -hmm. his video was actually saying, I created the uh, and you know everyone's cutting costs, so um, so I created an ad for our marketing team for um, Mint. I think was his company Mint Mobile, and I created this ad using ChatGPT, and I said, create an ad for Mint Mobile that's talking about this, this, and this um, in the words of Ryan Reynolds, and he read out the results, and it was like uncanny and it was amazing. So I went to ChatGPT, and I said write an ad in the voice of Ryan Reynolds that's talking about the elite ad manager that helps women make six figures a year running Facebook ads for clients. And this was Ryan Reynolds' example, it must contain a curse word because that's what Ryan Reynolds does, but you gotta be careful with that on Facebook, right? So I had to edit it, Mm -hmm. had to contain a curse word, had to contain a joke. And what it generated was amazing. You could hear Ryan Reynolds saying it, it was hilarious. I put it on my Facebook profile. People loved it. I said, I don't know if I should run this as an ad because, you know, I had to do some editing because there was some curse words in there. They're saying you should totally run it as an ad. So I did. But the ad tanked, right? One, could have been because I tried to hide the curse words in there, which Facebook doesn't like. Um, And then two, is it that Facebook is um, identifying these these patterns that AI copy is creating so I have used other versions of AI I have just put it in there I mean it's great to get an idea with because sometimes we could just get stuck and we just need that inspiration for different hooks or different angles so it's great to do that but other tests that I have done and I've seen results from other marketers as well who are running Facebook ads is that the AI generated copy has not performed as well as the human-generated copy. That is just being a bit more personalised and storytelling. Even though you can get AI to tell you know a funny story about some a mistake someone made with their Facebook ads, I've seen that too. But the human-generated copy has still outperformed the AI ones.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I love this. Uh... <laughs> Phrase, human-generated copy. <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. a human wrote this copy. <laughs> okay. I know, uh,
0: who, who would have thought we'd have to specify that and have a phrase for it, right? <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, you know, uh, in my life, I made a lot of mistakes. I keep doing them. So, can you list common mistakes that uh, marketers, uh, business owners still do by setting Facebook ads and how to find a much better way
0: right okay yeah so one of the mistakes would be as we've already touched on that you haven't gone deep enough and you haven't identified who your persona is they just do very generic very bland whether it's out of fear of scarcity to go oh i don't want to rule anybody out i don't want to narrow my audience too much whether it's because of that or whether it's just been that they've been so busy doing the other bits of their business, building a funnel, getting all these things together. Finally, when it comes to creating an ad, it's just like I'm exhausted. I just need to get an ad out there. So coming back and doing that, you used to get away with it a bit before iOS rolled out a couple of years ago and all the changes we've seen on Facebook in the last couple of years. You could get away with it, but these days you just can't. So that is a mistake that a lot of Um, make so you really need to make time to identify your avatar and this is something that I'll continually come back to do every couple of months look at the conversations I've just had with people bring that and put that into fresh ad copy and just keep me focused and on track as to who I'm talking to so that's one of the mistakes Um, Another mistake that I would often see would be again using the wrong objectives. Now this is something I'm getting on my soapbox now right. (laughs) This is something that I hear all the time with the ad managers that I work with with um, business owners that I talk to they get on a phone call with a meta marketing pro. If you've ever opened up Ads Manager, Facebook has this super annoying little pop-up now that's going to get on a call with a marketing pro or they're sending you emails or they're ringing you up. Guaranteed, they are going to tell you to run a traffic campaign, right? Oh, you want to get people over to your website? You've got to run a traffic campaign. They completely disregard what the goal of the campaign is. Oh, you want people to opt in for something? Okay, we need a conversion campaign. So a lot of ad managers reach out to me going, I'm so frustrated. My client got on a call with a Meta marketing pro who told them they should be running a traffic campaign. And so they've turned off my ads and they're running a traffic campaign. Well, like I said, first of all, if you choose a traffic campaign, the default optimization is for link clicks. That's at the ad set level, optimized for link clicks. So that's telling Facebook, go and find people who are going to click the link on this ad not land on the page. Just click the link. That's all we want. So you'll get 100 people click the link and then you'll see maybe 50 actually land on your landing page. So you've lost 50%, right? We typically say you want at least um, 70% of people to get to your page, okay? If you've got more than a 30% drop-off rate, then you've got to look at some further underlying issues. So, The meta marketing pros or just business owners go, I just want people to get to my site. So I'm just doing a traffic campaign. It's optimized for link clicks. Sure, if you want to do a traffic campaign, at least change the optimization to landing page views. So Facebook will at least go to people who are likely to not only click the link, but also wait for the page to load and land on the page. And then you can retarget them for various ads. But even if you do that, if you have a page where you want someone to opt in or you want people to purchase, Facebook or you just go I'm going to do a traffic campaign still change it to landing page views you could send a mire out of traffic there but it's not traffic that's likely to convert so it's going to water down your conversion rates so if you were to do a conversion campaign optimized for purchases for example you've got a $37 product that you're wanting to sell a low ticket offer so you do a traffic campaign sorry a conversion campaign optimized for purchases Facebook, we okay, I'll find people who are going to be most likely to purchase. Sends them to your site. You might see you have a 5% conversion rate on that sales page. That's awesome. If you were to say, I just want to get traffic there, you do a traffic campaign, optimized for landing page views. Facebook's going, okay, I'll send people who are likely to go and land on your page. You might get, you know, 100 people there and then nobody purchases. You got a 0% conversion rate. You're going, oh, my sales page sucks it's not the sales page, it's just the traffic that's gone to it, that could be the issue. So that is another big mistake that I see just using the wrong campaign objective.
1: Nice, nice. Uh, you know, I have uh, a lot of students in my network who are looking for ways how to learn something new. And I found uh, in my experience, I usually get much better results with someone who uh, understands SEO. So if you understand, We can cooperate together to provide much uh, great results, you know. But uh, can you tell, for example, if you started today from scratch without any experience, knowledge, skills, completely from scratch, what will you do today to learn more about Facebook ads?
0: Mm, Okay, so what I would be doing today is like I have a strategy that's called the client attraction code, right? Any business... Can use this strategy we're not using the expensive conversion campaigns and we're not taking people on off of facebook we're keeping people on facebook so if you were to wanting to start learning and doing facebook ads you want to go and you know someone who's a business owner and you say hey i'm learning facebook ads can i test out some things on your business yeah great rather than me learning sure go for it so you know keeping people on facebook um so doing engagement campaigns so you're getting people to engage with the page on Facebook, have a video, building up a video view audience on Facebook, that then that business can continue to retarget over and over again. Like I said, a lot a lot of businesses just forgot about brand awareness, right? But they still might put an ad in the telephone book or on TV or on radio, whereas you can keep people on Facebook and be building up an audience of thousands for just a few cents a day or a few dollars a day and then be able to retarget them again and again and again all the way for a whole year if you wanted to when they're on Facebook. So they're very uh, low cost kind of ads, you know, just a few dollars a day. It's actually, you know, I say $10 a day, could even be $5 a day uh, that you could be putting into these strategies. You don't need to worry about pixels though. Always you want to have a pixel on your website. So if people go there, you can retarget them. Um, but you don't need it for this initial strategy, keeping people on Facebook, building up this audience that you can then continue to nurture, build awareness, increase the affinity and establish your authority with.
1: Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. And I have the final question about the future. You know how many things are coming. Uh, AI we have today, it's a hot topic and we don't know how AI will change the world. Um, Even Facebook uh, uh, has this, uh, I don't know uh, about uh, metaverse, uh, it will be or not, it depends. But anyway, you know, uh, today, uh, young audience, uh, like, for example, my son, um, 12 years old, he doesn't know anything about Facebook, but he loves TikTok, you know, he spends all time on TikTok. Uh, and uh, when I asked him uh, why you don't want to create account on uh, Facebook, he told me I don't need it. It's boring, it's not interesting. He has Snapchat. So, can you tell what kind of future will be on Facebook? Because uh, youngsters uh, uh, don't like this social media and they prefer uh, new social media. Uh, I don't know if they're interested. <laughs>
0: yeah for sure um well it's like any business you need to evolve or die now facebook has however many billions that it makes every year so and a lot of that like 90 percent of that comes from its marketing so that um would become ineffective if there's no people on the platform to market to so that's why it's you know Following along, it seems, like stories and reels and all the rest of it. Um, and just coming up with new things like um uh forget the name of it, you know, the AI, the vision, the goggles. I don't know, I think my son's got a pair of them. But it's continuing to evolve and it will always be strategically thinking of ways and creating products that is going to capture, you know, whatever sections of the audience that it's wanting to draw in. So Yeah, uh, like I said, they're always evolving. They're not going to just lay down and die anytime soon. So it's a matter of like, yep, just watch this space and see what they continue to roll out with.
1: Yeah, yeah, love it, love it. I think, yeah, uh, marketers need to adapt to anything that will future will bring. And if you have experience on Facebook, you can adapt much faster (laughs) to any other environment. (laughs) Yep, absolutely. Well, the...
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the TikTok ad platform interface is very similar to Facebook's, not as um, sophisticated targeting that you can do in Facebook at the moment and other options. But if you were to go there, it's like, oh, okay, this all looks very familiar because it's very much similar to Facebook.
1: Nice, nice. Judy, it's a big pleasure to get on my show, to learn from you, tell our audience the best way how to reach out to you, how to learn more about you, how to follow you.
0: Yeah, sure. Well, you can just head to my website, Um, Or I'm on Facebook, of course, funnily enough. So if you just put in Jody Millwood, you are guaranteed to find me there.
1: Okay, guys, you can find the link to the website and Facebook uh, page in the description below. Listen to us on Apple, Google, Spotify. Thanks again for your time. A big pleasure. Love all your valuable insights. Guys, you need to follow Judy. Reach out and please tell that you uh, listen to this episode and keep learning, keep learning because uh, the era of lazy marketers is dead. But if you learn, adapt, then future will be great. Okay, guys. Love you. See you. Thanks for
0: listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use.